Welcome back to the Asian Conservative Perspective. I'm your host, Jamil Gabriel. So we got a really good show for you guys, all right? I know every show is a good show, but this is especially good, all right? So I met this guy. Um, his name is Jonathan. I'm not going to give you his last name because I don't want you to dox him, and I, you know, I appreciate it. And anyway, he was arguing with me to fa- on Facebook, and I was trying to understand it. So he sent me a text, and I sent him an offer that he should come onto the show, and he, he gets excited. He says, okay, yeah, I'll come to your show and talk about Marxism and communism. And I said, excellent, okay. So he doesn't want to do an invoice speech text or, you know, invoice or, you know, show up. I don't know where – he lives in Seattle, so unfortunately he couldn't come out here and I'm not going to pay someone to fly out here to argue with me. But he did do it through Facebook Messenger. So I'm going to read out loud our conversation that it was. And, of course, I'm going to make him in a stupid voice because this is how I picture communists talk, all right? Or they speak Russian, but he looks he looks like a pansy. But anyway, um, we're not talking about looks here, but I do appreciate him coming along, so I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I do not like that he didn't want to, you know, speak over the phone, so it is what it is. I got to respect his wishes, you know, but I'll, I'll read it. So... Um, it started a couple days ago, I think yesterday actually, where we started talking about it and I showed him proof and he went on proof. And so he sent me a message and this is the first message. Okay. So he says, in other words, capitalism in the early 1900s was in crisis and socialism was on the rise in Europe. So what does the British crown do? Hire and send an agent to Italy in order to create a right wing popular group. That's right. Benito was a British MI5 agent. And I'm going to speak on my behalf with my normal voice. Lenin was a German spy. Trying to see your point, you have failed to argue that communism didn't have slaves. You made up statistics like 45 million people were killed as a result of the Great Depression. If that were the case, that means half of Americans were killed, as the population was around 120 million people, according to the census. No, the Great Depression was a worldwide event that triggered World War II. In some countries like the U.S. and U.K. were already established countries who were able to manage their economies without millions of people dying of starvation versus other countries who were poor or sanctioned like in the USSR. But even so, in the 30s would be the last decade that famines ever happened in the USSR. False. The Great Depression was a worldwide event, however, that did not trigger World War II. World War I did, and the Treaty of Versailles. Famines happened all the way up until Stalin's death, when Khrushchev implemented destalinization. Dude, what happened to the Bank of Germany and its currency? Yeah, Germany had to pay back reparations from World War I. Stalin implemented the last five-year plan from 1946 to 1952, where more people died. That's false. And there was definitely a famine. No, there wasn't. Yes, there was. No, there wasn't. I wouldn't consider it since most of Russia's infrastructure was destroyed by the Nazis. The USSR was the target of capitalists that used Nazi Germany to wage war and destroy communism. That's why most Americans, British and German rich oligarchs loaned Hitler all the support he would need. Is that why there was a post-damn conference? Okay, so if you don't know what the post-damn conference was, it was all the allies. They came together after... Um, World War II. So there's a picture of Winston Churchill, Stalin, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, or actually it was Harry Truman at the time, and um, who was the other one? The France. But anyway, so it's called the Potsdam Conference. Okay, so he sends me a picture. The Great Depression was a contributing factor to dire economic conditions to the Weimar Germany, which led in the part in the rise of Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party. 
Okay. Do you know how much money America was giving the Soviets for the war effort? Without America's money, the USSR would have lost to Germany. Even Stalin said it in one of his speeches. The war was won with American money, Soviet blood, and English spies. Without America's money, Germany wouldn't have been a threat and Hitler wouldn't have the war machine that he had. All that money could have been used to bail out people from losing capitalism, nature to monopolize and concentrate all profits to the 1% ruling class. Wrong again. There was a treaty between the USSR and Hitler despite Stalin's generals telling him not to trust Hitler. But Stalin, being an idiot, decided to and Hitler went in. Oh, the Ribbentrop Pact? Actually, it was without Americans' money that Hitler became powerful. The Nazi party was relatively unknown, and America was funding them to pay back the reparations. Once America couldn't from the Great Depression, it was only then the Nazi party came into power. Yeah, that was after the French and British refusing to sign pacts that Russia to stop Hitler should be invade Poland, and both French and British prime ministers refused to sign an agreement without, with communists. No, it really was capitalism funding fascism. No, once again, the had America not went broke during the Great Depression, it's unlikely Hitler would have come into power. America was funding Germany to pay back the reparations because that's what America does. They give their enemies more money. Even after World War II, America gave the money to rebuild. Even after the USSR fell, America gave the money to rebuild. If America continued to give the Weimar Republic money, um, Nazis would not have rose. Average Americans went broke, but nor the rich Americans. You almost have it so close. The Weimar Republic, if you study their politics, is close to what Democrats are today in America. Sure, they opposed Hitler, but they tried using Hitler as a way to scare the voters like the Democrats do with any Republican presidential candidate. Like Trump or Bush, these neoliberal Democrats don't want socialism to take over Germany. That's why in 1934, Hitler became chancellor and the rest is history. Like I mentioned before, the side that got the most damage and dead was the USSR, so you're judging them post-war. Meanwhile, Western Europe was also destroyed and they too were struggling until the Marshall Plan. Yes, the USSR had the most damage because Stalin was an idiot killing off his top leadership. Then it became a war of attrition. That was a West lie that Stalin was an idiot. His top leadership was trash. He was an idiot. Lenin even wrote about it. Same with Trotsky. They all knew he was an idiot. And Khrushchev, in his secret speech, said Stalin was an idiot and that he should be forgotten. Where was this so-called book that Lenin wrote calling Stalin an idiot? It was made up by Trotz. Khrushchev lied about Stalin, as many historians have pointed out, including Michael Parenti. Stalin was pretty smart into making Hitler sign a pact, giving the Russians enough time to mobilize defenses because he knew Hitler was going to invade. There are documents later released by Gorbachev in the 80s that prove this. They didn't have time. They were completely blindsided. Stalin cried for two weeks, and then when, his, uh, when he was forced to lead, he issues the controversial, controversial order to kill any retreating soldiers. Now, if you don't know, I think the order is called like 227. It pretty much said that if you retreat back to Russian lines, you are to be shot and killed. Okay, and I replied to his uh, letter from Lenin that called uh, Stalin an idiot, and that was the letter to his wife. So what happened was Lenin wrote a letter to his wife on his deathbed that said, do not put Stalin in charge. He is an idiot, and he is too dumb to lead the country and to envision it into my dream. Put Trotsky in. Well, unfortunately, Stalin was the general secretary, so the person that Lenin gave that to that letter to was to uh, Stalin's assistant. And so Stalin's assistant gave that to Stalin and was like, dude, try, uh, um, Lenin does not want you in here. So there was a bunch of other things and then he kicks Trotsky out. Okay. No, it was supplies that killed Hitler's machine. 
you know the one where he said Stalin should should uh, not be trusted? Winter helped, but men were still fighting despite the conditions. German first forces were ill-equipped to fight since they thought they would win before winter. And then he, I replied to Khrushchev lied, and I said, what about Beria? And I was like, so everyone lied? And he's like, what about Beria? I was like, he also claimed Stalin was an idiot. The West lied about communism and USSR. It's called the Cold War. Have you heard of it? If Stalin was an idiot, why did the super Soviets refuse all of his resignation letters? That doesn't sound like an idiot dictator to me. That sounds like a brilliant leader beloved by his people. And Stalin never liked the praise or adoration since many times he's said real praise should go to the men and women of the Red Army. I capped women since the Red Army was the only one to allow women to serve next to him. Because they were scared of him. It was well known that the people were scared of him. And Stalin very well loved hearing the sound of his own voice. He ordered people to build statues of him. He ordered people to fly flags with his face on them. He named the city after himself. And it was a kick in the balls when the Nazi invaded Stalingrad. He didn't give a damn about Leningrad, which was the capital at the time. That's the whole purpose of de-Stalinization. To get rid of Stalin's self-adoration. Women have been serving next to men for millenniums before the Soviet Union was even born. They weren't that scared of Stalin. Stalin, to the average Soviet, was seen like George Washington, except, the free, except he freed the workers from the Tsar, the Kulaks, the Plutocrats, and the betrayed their own countrymen in favor of open marks. Also, what is it that you're trying to achieve? I'm confused what your argument. The original argument was that communist parties didn't have slaves. I've debunked that. Your next argument was that communism didn't kill a lot of people. I've debunked that. Stick to one subject. You didn't debunk shit, pal. Communism isn't slavery at all. What you gave was flawed. I was like, that's why a week at prior to his death, after Stalin requested the recording, they asked the pianist that begged her to perform because they were scared Stalin was going to have them killed. So what is slavery? What is the definition of slavery? That was a story made up by Khrushchev. If you can't answer that question, we're done. So what is slavery? A slave is owned by a master that holds no property and cannot participate in society that has enslaved them. A communist has equal ownership of the means of production. The definition, according to Oxford and Webster's, the two dictionaries used for the English language, is forcing someone to do something without compensation. Okay, and how is communism slavery if everyone would have a common ownership of the means by production? What would you call Nazino Island? So Nazino Island was a place where Stalin uh, kept people and they end up, ended up uh, eating each other. Like the women were eaten first because they were the weaker. So the men killed the women. And some of them were eaten alive to keep them alive as long as possible to have the freshest meat. So um, one girl I escaped, and uh, when she came on shore, she had no um, leg muscles, like none. You could see through the bone, according to uh, testimonies, and that's because uh, people were eating her. They were eating her. So that's Nazino Island, okay? What would you call the millions of people sent to labor camps, the gulags, as you will? Because you're forcing labor on something. If I told you to work and I don't pay you anything, what would you call that? Depends on what the system is. If it's slavery, then it's slavery. If it's communism, then I know I can exchange my labor for basic commodities like free food, housing, free education, health, etc. And since the entire world would be under communism, that means free open trade, open borders, since housing and transportation would be free and green. Under communism, there would be no money, so resources are freely exchanged. The system would be buy workers for workers in order to provide a better future for all. All capitalism wants is to use another resource to exploit in the market, which is why the U.S. invades other underdeveloped countries to extract not only precious 
resources, but also cheap labor and zero tax laws. Capitalism only cares about one thing, profit. Communism only cares about the condition of every human being and the world. Gulags were literally invented by the Tsar in order to imprison enemies of the state and petty criminals. The Bolsheviks turned those gulags into rehabilitation camps. Prisoners were given adequate food and living quarters. So much misinformation about the USSR can easily be found in Marxism.org, which has excellent sites and sources that prove this. The goal of communists is to agitate, educate, and spread class consciousness. So I replied, adequate. So... When the major factor of people that died were the result of famine and hypothermia, how was that adequate? But they didn't get food. They starved. And they died from hypothermia, so they didn't get housing either. And I'd say about communism. That's the theory, but it's failed when trying to be implemented. Soviet Union, North Korea, Vietnam, China, East Germany, any satellite state from the USSR, Cuba have all been abject failures. Theory and reality are two very different things. Also, the party got the spoils, hence why almost every communist leader was fat. They don't get fat from not eating. So the communist party were your masters, and they forced you to do labor, and they kept the fruits of your labor. So workers enslaved themselves? Stalin and the communist party enslaved them. Then by extension, capitalism would fall in that category as well. What do you call it when you, force, when you are forced to do something without compensation? Stalin didn't own slaves, you idiot! Um... No, because you're no, because you're being compensated. We have a fat low class. You are compensated in communism, you dummy. Not fucking true. What are you being compensated? Can't say food when most people died from famine. Can't say shelter when most people died from hypothermia. With free education, housing, free health, uh, open opportunities. So what? Like what the fuck? Most people like you. Who are you going? Are you going up more shit again? Yeah, I'll say I'm fat. I work and spend money on food because I have that option. So ex you exchange your time and labor for rent money to spend on basic things that a common sense society should already do? Yep, and I have a house. What is money? Is money backed by anything? And I have yet to die from hypothermia, so I pay for heat. Or is it just numbers created on a laptop? You pay for a thing that should be freely given. People run society. It's the rich that forces us to use their dirty money and system. Why should it be given freely? Someone is working to provide electricity to heat my home. Someone built my home. They don't deserve payment. Yes, in the form of a healthy society that doesn't require money instead, provided with goods and services in exchange for a few hours of labor, since the entire world would be employed. So what's the incentive? Getting an equal share is not possible in our world. We have people that eat a lot, people that eat little, people that have a fatter, faster metabolism, people that have a higher temp sensitivity. Negating Communist Party, which are the 1%, let's go from the Communist Manifesto. What happens if you lose your job? So how would you solve that issue? I'd find another job. Do DoorDash, drive Uber. I know plenty of people that gave up working full-time to live comfortably being a taxi service. Yes, Marx writes this in the Das Kapital. Some people are going to have a little more or get more help according to one's ability to each according to their needs. I did the same. I got tired of loving my car or living in my car and seeing my car getting torn up by the miles. Why would you live in your car? You can live in an apartment. I know that you can do it. I've seen people and know people that live fine, not in their car. Rent increased by 30% where I live. Food and gas prices also went up, which meant people started using less Uber. So 
back to my original question, how do you manage greed? Do you honestly believe seeing someone get to see someone eat more food than themselves, they're going to be okay with it? No, they're going to steal. And in a competing market, it was difficult making a living wage. Why would one steal if it's free? And an overabundance of food means there will always be food, so the incentive to steal would go away, which means less criminals. Well, everyone gets an equal share. However, we establish that people require more needs. Yes, in a worker society, those needs can easily be accommodated. <coughs> Excuse me. So let's take a cancer patient that requires more food to eat. You think people are going to say, oh, okay, and then just let them be? No, they would steal. People have stolen for less. So you cannot negate that that wouldn't happen. Today's uh, automatronics, internet, AI, those things could easily be achieved and therefore new tech can be made since the incentive is to improve the well-being of every worker instead of profit. That's a bad faith argument. Or take a hypoglycemic patient that needs sugar. You don't think someone would take that extra chocolate bar meant for the hypoglycemia? And I said, no, I'm not. It's not a bad faith argument. I'm proving the fallacy of communism. What does common ownership of the means of production mean to you? No, you haven't. You think the strings attached to communism and there isn't. That's even worse yet. So I talk about the automatronics and internet and stuff like that's even worse. People fight for a new iPhone every year. To think they, would, they wouldn't steal the next generation tech is ridiculous. Yet you haven't been able to deal with the idea of theft. I did. So the only solution is to put a police force. Let's call him the NKVD. Now you have to put someone in charge of the NKVD. Let's call him Stalin. And Stalin likes the power and decides to keep everything for himself. It seems like I've heard of this scenario before. But Stalin didn't, though. The ones who kept the grain were kulaks. Which is why he held parties every night with Khrushchev and Beria drinking vodka and watching American movies, which he was a huge fan of. Which caused famines like the ones in Ukraine, while no one else had television. I watched The Death of Stalin, movie as well. Funny but fiction. Actually, then I posted up an article that shows that Stalin did have parties drinking vodka with Khrushchev and Beria, okay? And I said, that was just the first few pages of a Google search. Everyone in unison are saying he watched American movies. I know damn well Kim Jong-il did. The tech would be freely shared with, are you talking about, do you not know how inventions and ideas are made? Like one person invents a thing and another takes the invention and changes it to make it better? Like, come on, man. You know that's a dot com, right? What? Okay. Yeah, they invent something because they want compensation for it. So you think Thomas Edison created the light bulb because he wanted to give it for free? Inventions are made because the incentive of money. Tesla wanted free energy for all, but JP Morgan and the other rich investors, including Edison, said no. Wrong. Was fire invented because of money? Don't think so. Wrong again. Tesla signed with Westinghouse because they paid more. Edison screwed Tesla with alternating currents, so Tesla went to Westinghouse and got a contract with them. They all had interest in energy and making money off of it. He did not want to give free energy. He wanted to be paid for it. Energy that is nature, and Tesla did want it free energy. Otherwise, he'd have worked for Edison for free. He died penniless. But when Edison wasn't going to pay him, he went to Westinghouse. Yes, because Edison was a modern musk, a thief and a rich asshole. Not the point. You claim Tesla wanted free energy. He did not. Like I said, if he did, he'd have stayed working for Edison. Ideas and inventions aren't just to make money. It's to improve living conditions and progress human forward. He went to Westinghouse because they paid him, and that's where he developed alternating current. And to undermine alternating current, Edison went on a campaign to say direct current was better. And then he sent me this link that says J.P. Morgan owns Tesla's uh, 
Warden Clive Tower. Um, that, I don't know what it means. And then he says, I mean, I mean, when I'm right, I'm right. What does the Tesla Tower have anything to do with it? What are you talking about? That means Tesla attempt at giving mankind free energy. Stick to the conversation when it has been deviated. You said Tesla wanted free energy. False. Yes, you're an idiot because he went to Westinghouse. No, JP Morgan. Picture is right there. Did you miss it? No, because he sold his idea to JP Morgan. That means he wasn't motivated by money. He got a lo he got a loan. Did you know Tim Cook owns Apple? But he wanted to give everyone free iPhones. And didn't tell J.P. Morgan. What the fuck are you talking about? He sold his idea to J.P. Morgan. No, he didn't. He forced Tesla to not patent his invention. That's how ideas make money. If I wanted to make a new game, I'd ask probably Activision or EA for money for my idea. Some contracts would allow me to get residuals. That's why he died penniless. He died penniless. That's true. However, I'm denying your assertion that he, or not assertion, assertion that he wasn't motivated by profit. He 100% wanted money. Yes, whatever the current mode of production is, ideas would be centered on helping people manage their lives better around it. And he wouldn't have worked on his inventions. Money wasn't involved. So, anyway, I'm done with his argument. Um, that was That was it. Okay, he goes on because he wants to prove the point that, you know, I beat him. I, it looks like I beat him, right? I mean, if you don't believe it, email me. Tell me what I could have done better, all right? I, if you think you could challenge me on communism versus capitalism, you know, come on my show. I would love to speak to you, and I would love to explain it. If you want to argue with me on something else, you know, completely off topic, like how the Star Wars episode one sucks and the prequel trilogy sucks and they're about as par as the sequel trilogy, then come on, bring it on. All right. Anyway, that's it for this episode. I know I was supposed to talk about how things were going. Um, okay. I guess I'll bring it up. So anyway, uh, someone brought up the idea or one of my friends brought up the fact that it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just J.K. Rowling's um, thing about the Harry Potter franchise. It actually delves in deeper. And you've heard it from the horse's mouth. Democrats, communists, they're all like umbrellaed under the socialist umbrella. And they don't like it when you have a free thought. They don't like it. They, they're just full of hate. So... They're, the reason they're going after this, and you've just heard it from the horse's mouth, okay? I know I made a stupid voice, and you're probably laughing. You're like, you, Jamil, you didn't change your voice at all. Well, fuck you, all right? I tried. Kiss my ass, okay? Anyway, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Jamil Gabriel, and I'm signing off.